When it comes to air quality, the bad news is that wildfires and air pollution have really degraded the quality of our air. But the good news is that we're all realizing that the quality of our air, and particularly the quality of our indoor air, is really darn important. I'm so excited to tell you about Puro Air because in 30 minutes, this device will remove allergens, dust, smoke, and gases from your room. It uses a stronger type of filter called a HEPA-14, and it filters pollutants at a microscopic level. I keep my Puro Air running upstairs where the bedrooms are all night. I love that it's quiet. Cleaner air just hits different, doesn't it? Check out everything Puro Air has to offer at getpuroair.com. That's G-E-T-P-U-R-O-A-I-R.com. One more time for the people in the back, getpuroair.com. This is episode 64 of the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast. You are listening to the Sustainable Minimalist Podcast, a show about living simply and sustainably with your family. Here's your host, Stephanie Safarian. Hello there. Welcome back. Are you one of those people who isn't opposed to secondhand shopping? In fact, you'd probably do it if you could, but you have no interest in sifting through mounds, literally, of items that are ripped or stained or the wrong size? If so, this episode has you covered. My guest today is Lauren Spragans. She is a fashion reseller who does all of the searching, all the cleaning, the mending, and the pressing for you so that purchasing secondhand clothes for your closet is more accessible for the average stretched-for-time person. What I love about my conversation with Lauren is that people like her make secondhand purchasing as easy as pie, and you'll hear why in the interview. But Lauren also really highlights how marked up clothing in the mall is and how disposable fashion is these days in 2019. You'll hear her talk about the Goodwill bins at the end of the interview. Be sure to stick around for that because it's eye-opening. This week's show notes can be found at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 064, mamaminimalist.com forward slash 064. Let's get right into it. Hey, Lauren. Thanks so much for coming on the show. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm so excited. You do something that I didn't even know existed, which is you consider yourself a fashion reseller. And we're going to get all into what on earth that is and how you do it. But First of all, I'd love to know who you are, what you do, and what got you interested in sustainable fashion. Right. So I am a wife from Texas, so you might hear a little bit of accent come out here and there. But also, I am a city event planner, and I help coordinate weddings. So the idea of fashion reselling is totally a hobby for me. And I actually got into it when I was in college, and the organization I was in decided that they no longer wanted to do this event where they gave out free prom dresses and clothing. So they needed to donate them and get rid of bags and bags. And by bags of clothing, I literally mean five space saver bags full of formal wear. So uh, when they asked if anyone wanted to help donate them, I raised my hand and asked if I could just resell them. And then that summer, I made about $200 just taking photos of things on a simple command hook. And I even got my mom in on it. So now the way that we spend time is we go to thrift stores and estate sales, and we like to debate on which pieces might sell online. 
Is there an underground community of fashion resellers that exists that some people might not even know of? Right. So if you get started into reselling, there's actually just this whole community on Instagram. And I've actually created a separate Instagram account just so I can get in with this community. And they'll share things like what brands to look out for, but also how to best ship your items too. So I'm thinking about Poshmark, for example. I always assumed Poshmark was a site for people with overflowing closets who wanted to declutter their own items and make a little money. But what I think you're saying is that's not actually accurate. Poshmark can be fashion resellers going to thrift stores, perhaps, picking out things they think will sell and then putting them on their site. Am I getting that right? Right. So you actually have most of that correct. A lot of people will start out selling what's in their closet. Um, I was just lucky with getting bags of clothes for free. But people will start out with selling things from their closet and they'll realize that they can make money from that. And then in a way to kind of appease their shopping addiction, we'll go to thrift stores and find great designer brands because we have that knowledge and, and we love using that knowledge, but we don't want to keep buying stuff for ourselves. People will have a actual job and career in reselling. Okay, this is amazing to me. So it sounds like you might spend a lot of your free time in thrift stores. Is that right? Unfortunately, yes, but I love it. And um, I found that I'm being more picky with my items that I leave with. So instead of actually leaving with a huge cart full, I'll only leave with maybe five items. That way I can kind of manage what I want to sell. But I do love spending my time in thrift stores. And actually, I can't recall the last time that I've actually bought something from firsthand from a retailer because I spend all of my time in a thrift store. And now when I see clothing in new form, I'll look at it and be like, oh, that's $40. I'm sure I can find it for $3 at the Goodwill down across the street. <laughs> well, that is the epitome of eco-friendly shopping, thrifting, right? But So I'm really curious. There's been a lot of reports out since Marie Kondo's Netflix series about overflowing thrift stores, thrift store personnel that can't keep up with the overwhelming amount of items coming in. And since you're spending an awful lot of time in thrift stores, I feel like you're the perfect person to ask, what is the state of thrift stores these days? Yes. So Marie Kondo has a huge influence on the world right now with her tidying up series. And I actually made sure just to ask local thrift store employees and some of the Facebook groups that I'm in if they noticed anything different. And some of them have said no, that there's absolutely nothing different. But I am seeing an overwhelming response and in my own life that more people are donating new with tags and expensive brands, like items that still have the tags on them. I'm seeing those in stores now. Wow. So it's a new item. It's never been worn. The tags are still on. You could go to the mall and buy it for, I don't know, let's say for the sake of argument, 50 bucks. How much would it be sold for at a thrift store? In an actual example, I found a pair of shorts and the tag still said $179 on them. And I was able to buy them for $3 and then resell them for $50. So the person that was on the website looking for those shorts was able to get a great discount. And then I was able to 
kind of profit in a finder's fee form in that sense too. Oh my gosh, you made $47. That's amazing. Absolutely. Well, Poshmark does take out some fees, but I made a lot of money from that. And it's such an exciting thrill when you can find um, a high designer piece, especially when it's in great condition at the thrift store for those prices. And I really do think that the Marie Kondo series has helped people let go of their items. Maybe when they're decluttering before the series, they keep seeing those items and they remember exactly how much they paid for it and they know it costs money. But Marie Kondo's phrase, does it bring joy? Now, when they see that item, they're probably thinking, uh, that just reminds me of this money I spent. So I'm ready to go ahead and let go of that. Hmm. When it comes to thrift stores, I'm sure that you probably know some of the secrets. So I'm wondering, can you give us a little glimpse into the inner workings of not only thrift stores, but also what it's like to be a fashion reseller? So in thrift stores, when you walk in, the first thing that you're probably going to see is a ton of fast fashion. There's so much fast fashion in there from all the Target and Forever 21 brands. And even then they'll have rips, stains, and tears. Uh, So in our reseller community, we actually will share tips and tricks on how to take out stains, on how to mend little things like buttons. And we've figured out, even by touch, what material is more luxurious or what material is going to last longer. So some tricks that you can find if something is more of a high-end piece would be if it still has like an extra button sewn on the inside of the care tag. That might be more of a high-end piece that's going to last you longer. And if anything feels thicker, usually when it's thin, it's like a lightweight cotton. Sometimes it might be linen, but understanding what materials are going to last longer and then kind of familiarizing yourself with how stains might be lifted too because there are so many things that I'll find in there that's a great brand that I can resell but it just has this tiny grease stain on it and I know how to get stains out as a as a reseller. Hmm. A concern I hear from listeners a lot is that while they are totally open to purchasing clothes for themselves and their family secondhand. They don't have the time to sift through mounds and mounds of less than ideal items in order to search for the few things that may work. So I'm wondering, you're essentially a middle woman, right? Do you take clothes that maybe need some spot cleaning or maybe need an ironing, do you do that care for them before putting them on your Poshmark site? Yes. A lot of us resellers will actually launder the items, like we'll wash them before we even put them on the site just in case uh, there might be a little bit of staining here and there that we didn't catch. But simple things that we can fix with a needle and a thread, we'll go ahead and do that because we know that we can most likely get more money in the end if we just take a little bit of time to fix those things. And over time, if we find five or six items that might need mending, we'll put it in a little pile in the corner and work on it all in one Saturday. So it sounds like Poshmark and these other online reselling communities are perfect for the overwhelmed, time-constrained 
shopper because you can really just type in what you want, add in some filters, and sellers with your preferred item will come up. Is that right? That's exactly right. I love the search function on any of the sites like Poshmark, Mercari, and eBay uh, because you can find those items, those specific items in the specific size that you need, especially if you're looking to perfect your capsule wardrobe, or maybe there's a pair of jeans that you know fit you really well, and you only want to buy that brand in this size, but you don't want to buy them directly from the store. Odds are, if you go online and you search it, somebody else is either selling their old jeans or they found them in a thrift store and they know that they'll sell really well and they're going to sell them to you at a discounted rate versus if you went into the store. And actually, I bought my bridesmaid's dress from Poshmark too. I needed a specific dress in a specific color and a specific size. So I just waited until someone listed it on Poshmark and I was actually able to get it still new with tags because the person that was selling it wasn't able to participate in the wedding. So I was able to help um, both find a dress for me and help this girl get some money back because of the uh, return policy being super harsh. Huh. That, that's fascinating. I mean, good for you for, uh, <laughs> for I don't know, good for you. <laughs> uh, no, but that's awesome. I mean, you sp- probably spent a fraction of the price on a new dress with tags just because you had the fashion reselling knowledge to stick with it until the dress you needed came up. Right. That's that's exactly right. For people who want secondhand clothes but don't want to go to a thrift store, the World Wide Web is is your best friend. But I'm wondering, since you are in the trenches, so to speak, you're you're in the thrift stores searching through the stuff for us. Tell us the secrets. Divulge the little tricks of the trade that the rest of us have no idea of. So probably the best part about being a clothing reseller is understanding how you can lift stains. But also there's these little little tips and tricks. For example, a defuzzing comb. A lot of resellers will purchase a kind of like a battery-operated shaver to take the little pills and those are the beads that kind of come up on your sweaters and maybe cotton items after they are washed so they can shave that off. But recently I found kind of a more sustainable option where it doesn't require a battery and it's just like a comb and you can rake it across your clothes and get all of those little beads off and make it look newer and nicer. So not only do I use those in my Poshmark closet, but I'll also use them when I need them in my personal life. Um, and then fixing stains, a lot of stains can be fixed from things just around your house. So my best example would be a grease stain. That is so easily fixed with just your dishwashing soap and a little bit of baking soda and rub it in like a paste and then it'll lift in the wash. And if you need to do it again, you can do it again. But that is some of my best tips of the trade in reselling. I've heard of this term called the death pile. Is that a thing? And if so, what is it? Right. So the death pile is a reseller term and that's usually the mound of clothes that gets 
tucked away in a corner or put on the ever elusive chair. And those are the clothes that we don't necessarily feel excited about when we bring them home. So sometimes we'll go to a thrift store, we'll find this amazing brand that we're so excited to photograph and make $40 like I had mentioned earlier. But other times we'll go to the thrift store and there's just not not anything there that we're super excited about. But we'll settle for less because we're there. We've spent hours there and that is that's our hobby and we love it. I am susceptible to this too, but I've gone in and bought a pair of pants that I know will sell, but maybe it has a stain in them or maybe it needs a belt loop kind of re-sewn on. So that'll get put in the pile. Or maybe there's something that I'm not as excited to list and I'm just tired today. So that also gets put in the pile. And over time, the pile grows and grows because the most exciting part about reselling is first off selling the clothes. But the second exciting thing is finding an amazing brand to sell in the thrift stores. All this stuff in the middle is not so exciting. Taking photos, measuring something, describing it online, that's not the most exciting part. So when a piece of clothing gets put in the pile, sometimes it doesn't resurface until we decide, okay, we're going to tackle that death pile. And actually in January, we had a death to the death pile challenge where we would not allow ourselves to source, which means go back to thrift stores and try to find more items. We would not allow ourselves to source until the death pile was listed and photographed and inventoried away. And I'm happy to say that when I listed my death pile, I sold probably three or four items from that pile that had just been sitting in the corner. Um, So the death pile can be a burden, but now we're working to try to make that more of a stockpile that we will finish listing before we go to source. So I have to ask, how big was your death pile before you tackled it? It wasn't too terrible compared to a lot of other people. I am a wife and we're newly married and we live in a small apartment. So whenever I do go thrifting, I don't want to bring home anything that I don't think will sell. Now, most of the items that were in my death pile were given to me from other people who had Marie Kondo'd for free. So I had to decide whether or not they were going to sell. And then I wasn't excited about them because I didn't personally pick them out. And then they got thrown into the death pile. But it wasn't too terrible. I was able to list everything within two weeks and just get it inventoried away and feel so great because now I'm not looking at the clutter in the corner. Mm. (laughs) That brings me to my next question. The minimalist in me needs to know, how on earth do you store all these items before they're sold in a way that doesn't add clutter to your small apartment? It's actually pretty simple. If you wanted to be a minimalist and be a reseller, you just have to have a process to how you plan on taking your photos and inventorying things. So for example, in my sense, when we live in our tiny apartment, anything that I bring home, it will automatically get put on the hangers and steamed or stain lifted or mended. I'll try to do that within the same day and it gets put in a specific section in my closet. And then whenever it is cloudy outside, because I take my photos outside, I have no room inside, I will go outside and take all the photos on the brick wall outside. And then after that, it's measuring them and uploading the listings. And then 
I'll put them in their own separate bags. Everything gets put into a tote and you will usually get assigned an inventory number that is uh, put on the bag somehow. And if it sells, I'll go to that specific tote with all of the numbers and pull that item and then take off the sticker with the inventory number to save for the next piece of clothing that gets inventoried. Sounds like you have a real comprehensive system so that all your items don't get lost. <laughs> but I'm wondering, how many items do you have on your Poshmark site right now? Are we talking like 20,000 or 10? No, girl. No. <laughs> um, so my goal is to make it up to 500 listings, but I think I'm at about 290 for the moment. And some of those listings have sold from that, but I'd really like to get about 500 listings. Before we go, I need to ask you all about the Goodwill bins. So the Goodwill bins, it's it's a crazy concept. It, they're actually known as the Goodwill outlet, but in the reseller community, we talk about them as the bins because there's literally clothes in rows and rows of bins. And it's so difficult to describe. These bins are about waist high and they are maybe half to a, a foot deep. So they're they're pretty shallow, but the Goodwill outlet employees will line these bins up and they're ever rotating. So one line of bins will leave and the next line will come out. And um, this part is super crazy. And disclaimer, if you are susceptible to the $1 sales or, well, it's only 50 cents, so I'm going to buy it. Do not ever visit the bins because it is mayhem. So the line of bins will come out and usually there is a security guard there yelling at people not to touch the bins. And when they're all ready and he assures that it's safe, usually people have lined up next to the bins by this time. He will say, go. And I cannot ex- like I cannot explain the frenzy that happens. Uh, a lot of resellers will go to this place and, and other people too, and they will grab clothes by the armful and shove them into their carts and just keep doing that until they feel like they've had enough and they'll take their carts to a corner and personally sort through the clothes. And I probably should say that the bins is a place where you can buy clothes by the pound. So generally when I've been there, the clothes are a dollar fifty per pound of clothing. So if you found a scarf that was a really good brand, you could buy it for essentially 10, 20 cents because it doesn't weigh anything almost. And the bins is comprised of first off just donations from people. Some people will walk in with their garbage bags full of clothes that they've decluttered and dump them into the bins and walk out. But they're also comprised of articles of clothing from other Goodwill stores that didn't sell. So if an employee at a Goodwill store was pricing items and they found this high designer piece and then they priced it really high because they knew it was a designer piece, odds are it may not sell. And then that piece will sit on the rack for so many months. And after a specific amount of time, Goodwill decides that they need to ship all of those pieces to the Goodwill outlet. So now this 
for example, this Burberry scarf that's worth $500 and somebody overpriced it at Goodwill and it just sits there and sits there for several months. Now it's getting shipped to the Goodwill outlet and it comes out in a bin and you find it in the outlet and realize you only have to pay 20 cents for it. That's an amazing day for a reseller. But also the bins are crazy and I have seen full diapers there. I have seen some nasty things because people donate anything, apparently. So we have to wear masks and gloves most of the times. So if you've never been to a landfill, that's probably the closest you're going to get in the United States. Well, it sounds like it's the last stop before Goodwill ships off these items. I know Goodwill does do textile recycling, but these are the items that are no longer sold in the store. So they're going to the bins. And then where do they go after the bins? Who knows? Oh, I have no clue. I'm so glad that there are people like you who enjoy sifting through the bins for people like me who want to buy secondhand but have no interest in bins. (laughs) Right. Right. Lauren, where can listeners shop your finds? So we mentioned the Poshmark app. And if you haven't downloaded it yet, I would highly recommend you do. But you can also use my code. And I think you get like $5 off of your first first purchase too. So that's helpful. But my code is also my closet name and it's Nova Novien. So I'm just going to spell that out for you because it's kind of weird, but it's N-O-V-A-N-O-V-I-E-N. Also, if you'd like to learn a little bit more about reselling, you can follow my journey on Instagram and YouTube. The YouTube channel is still tiny, but I hope it'll grow someday. And uh, both of those are under Nova Novien. I will absolutely link to your Poshmark site, your Instagram, and your YouTube all in this week's show notes. I just want to thank you so much for coming on and introducing definitely me and hopefully my listeners as well to a different perspective on the secondhand fashion world. I'm so excited. Thank you so much for having me. I so hope you enjoyed that interview with Lauren Spragans. I've linked to her Poshmark closet in this week's show notes at mamaminimalist.com forward slash 064. While you are on the web, perhaps you join my monthly mailing list or our closed Facebook group, or you leave me a podcast review, please and thank you. On next week's episode, I am giving you five concrete steps to detox your home. I will see you then. Take care.